0: Beginner's call. This is your beginner's call. Will all show beginners please make their way to the studio. Tonight's performance of Overstudies is about to begin. Hello and welcome back to not just another episode of the Overstudies podcast, but the first episode of season two of the Overstudies podcast.
1: Yes, we're back again.
0: We are back. We're not just back again. We are back full stop.
1: Yeah and
0: well, it's exciting it is really exciting we clearly could not get enough of the banter and the bickering and we have decided to come back for a season two so all the chat that you know and love all the banter that you know and love me lightly mocking uh, rebecca being from the north um you're going to be getting all of it and more um over the next well you'll have to wait and see how many weeks
1: who's rebecca because it's not me my name's becky
0: Oh uh, well, if your name isn't Rebecca and your name's Becky, then do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yeah. yourself? Yeah.
1: So I'm Becky. I am the brains and the beauty of the <laughs> Other Studies podcast. Um... <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, show me the lie. Show can, me the lie. You can be
0: the brains. You're definitely not the beauty. Yeah,
1: I can be both. No. This is a shared partnership. We can do what we
0: want. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: um,
0: it's a Ugh. <sighs>
1: God, you're so annoying. Anyway, starting as we mean to go on, I'm sure this is what the rest of the episode is going to play out of course, like. Of course. I am one half of the Overstudies. We are, as you can already tell, a very chaos fueled duo based in London who just really like theatre.
0: Yeah, we're all about theatre for the sake of theatre. I'm Charlie, I'm the better half of the overstudies, but I should say as well, on record, we are not a couple, so please do not suggest it.
1: I feel like we could have gone through doing the podcast without having to clarify that.
0: No, I think we get it out of the way, (laughs) straight away, early on.
1: No, we are just two best friends who... Basically became good friends because of our love of theatre. Yeah. And it's stemmed from there because we don't know how to just have a hobby. We have to turn it into a project.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. This is where Overstudies has come from. And to be honest, it's been a lot of fun. It has indeed. We are now coming up to the first anniversary of Overstudies, which is actually quite scary.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. When you say it like that, that is actually quite terrifying yeah
0: and you know it's been a year now we've done um some radio we've done some podcasts we've done some written work as well and actually it's been an incredible 2022
1: i have learned so much about well theater in general myself and just like how to do things like how to edit like imagine me this time last year if you'd have said to me you'll be editing podcasts and doing all that kind of stuff i'd be like nah you're having a laugh i'd be like you know you won't even get me on the radio not not a chance will you get me on a podcast
0: this time last year you were saying you were never ever ever going to speak and if you did it might be like two words like really really briefly and i was like nah i'll get you on and you will get hooked and you will love it and lo and behold charlie is always right
1: No, it just turns out I'm just actually pretty good at this thing. So who would have thought someone who is just a gobby northerner quite enjoys talking about things, (laughs) given half the chance. I mean, for those who have seen my Twitter feed, it is just me shouting things into the void and hoping someone replies. That is this podcast, except I have to listen to you. Unhinged. Yeah. That's, That's the brand.
0: Talking of Twitter, if you do want to get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts on theatre, on the podcast, on who your favourite Overstudy is, there is one correct answer and it is not Becky. Anything at all like that, you can head over to Twitter. You will find us there as...
1: At Overstudies. You
0: can go to Instagram and find us at...
1: At Overstudies blog.
0: You can go on to any podcasting platform, which you're probably on already, but we're going to mention it.
1: And just search Overstudies.
0: Yeah, leave us a review, leave us some feedback on there, like, you know, it helps to other people to see our chaos well listen Ooh, to our chaos
1: like share subscribe etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: yeah you can also head over to our website
1: overstudies.co.uk
0: on there you will find contact form it's not a cheeky little contact form anymore
1: no it's not a cheeky little we've upgraded she's a she's a serious gal now she's a, <laughs> a serious contact form for serious purposes i uh, i am totally joking this is not serious in the slightest we do have a contact form if you don't want to use socials don't want to email you know just drop us a message that way
0: but if people do want to email,
1: you can use stage at of
0: You can indeed. So I guess it's time now to kind of move on to the point of today's episode, which is actually a little bit of a reboot, a little bit of a look back, a little bit almost of a reprise.
1: You don't get credit for that. That was my idea.
0: Yeah, but I'm the one who just <laughs> flawlessly introduced it.
1: Yeah, fair enough. But yes, we are essentially. S- Looking back on the last 12 months, but also looking forward in the, well, kind of the next year, couple of years, who knows with some of the topics we're going to be chatting about today.
0: Yeah, for sure. 2022 was a incredible year for theatre both for us as overseas, but also kind of for the industry as a whole now don't get me wrong it's not out of the woods yet there are still some incredible challenges and some incredibly hard times that are just starting to emerge and will be with us into 2023 and beyond but given that this time or coming up to kind of this time three years ago the world stopped considering how much theatre has kind of rebounded and come back and in many respects stronger than ever before is nothing short of a miracle.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even when we think about this time last year, we were deep in the kind of Christmas COVID disaster that was just every show shut in left, right and center because everyone was just ill. We were still, you know, masked up in theaters, still kind of social distancing to a certain extent. And now we're kind of I don't, I don't want to say back to normal, but we're, we're back to normal compared to where we were three years ago.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's still really interesting. There are still shows that are having to cancel performances. You know, there was a, a spate of them kind of in the run up to Christmas.
1: It's always Christmas, isn't
0: it? Yeah, we're still having like crazy cover runs and all the rest of it. But things have definitely settled down a hell of a lot more than they had done. And it is it is really nice to see.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited for like what the next 12 months have in store. Kind of being out of not out of the woods, but kind of being over that initial first hurdle.
0: Being into the woods, uh, yeah. Sorry, I just had to get. The I mean, we musical. don't
1: we don't want to be into the woods. We want to be out of the woods.
0: But if there was an into the woods revival, I would not be complaining.
1: I would be so happy, like <laughs> genuinely so happy. I would like to cast that in my head, but I feel like I'd be here for too long if I went through the whole
0: cast. <laughs> yeah maybe we'll save that for a future episode yeah but first we are going to take just a little step back before we get into shows that we'd like to see let's take a look back over 2022 and some of the biggest theater highlights like i'm just thinking now there are so many like personal big highlights of 2022 i don't really know where to start have you got any ideas
1: well I had a look at my mezzanine before we started recording. I've seen 58 shows last year, which is quite a lot. I know people who've seen probably that many Heather's shows last year and then some, but like for me as someone who loved theatre but never really got the chance to go that often, seeing 58 shows is my personal achievement and just the sheer depth of styles and kind of stories and just representation that I've seen on stage in the last 12 months has been incredible.
0: Yeah, I did 58 shows as well. And there was such a wide range of variety, as you say, we know we saw straight plays, we saw comedies, we saw cabaret, obviously we saw a cheeky few musicals. And you know, those numbers are not high for a lot of people. There are people out there who have seen twice that number and then some. For us, you know, who is also two very stressful full time jobs at times, doing a podcast, doing a v- reviews, blogs, all the rest of it,
1: I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased. I think I've been in a theatre more times than I've seen my family in the last twelve months, which is says a lot about me.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll unpack that one another time. I think because nobody needs to know really about your family trauma
1: <laughs> not today
0: <laughs> not today not at all of those 58 shows like that's probably a personal best for me as well but there's definitely been some shows that have stood out both in terms of the number of times we saw them in some res- respects but in others as well just you know shows that were so different from anything we'd seen before or so shows that moved us to the core and I think that's a, a good place to start on that one really because about halfway through the year there was a show wasn't there, that. Found some emotions within you. You went from being emotionless to extremely emotional at every given opportunity.
1: Oh, are we doing the Kinky Boots chat? Yeah. Oh yes. So in August was it? I yeah. think we went to see Kinky Boots in concert at Theatre Royal Drury Lane, and I had heard some of the songs from this show just from doing the radio, um, and. I'd kind of avoided as much as possible of this show. I think it wasn't, I didn't even make it to the interval before I cried. I was sobbing during Not My Father's Son, which is quite funny because it's a, sh- a song from the show that I'd already heard like quite a lot. And then hearing it actually on stage, just it broke me and I've not been the same since.
0: I think it helped as well that like we had such a phenomenal cast up there performing and it was such a special and vibrant atmosphere. And, you know, we need a full revival of Kinky Boots, please.
1: If I don't come out of 2023 with a revival, like full revival, I am going to throw hands. Like, I'm sorry. It's it's about time. It's what I deserve. Me personally, that's the only person who deserves this <laughs>
0: Now, I did, of course, see the original Kinky Boots run, but, you know, it's a show that has meant so much to me and I adore it. So I would be just as happy as well with that coming. Emotions have been a very big theme of both of our theatre shows in 2022 for a variety of reasons, both in terms of our friendship, which, as we've kind of mentioned, has become a lot more solidified because of our mutual love for theatre. And... You know, theatre has given us some incredibly powerful moments outside of our lives as well. It's helped us through some difficult times, which we're not going to go into on the podcast because nobody needs to know about our lives. They're boring. But there are shows where certainly I have sobbed uncontrollably again and again and again and again. And one of those that I'm going to start with, which is also one of our most seen shows of 2022, is Anne Juliet.
1: Oh, Anne Juliet. What a special little gem this show is I I say little it is not little in the slightest that is a powerhouse of a show but we adore this show like I am so sad that we are going to be saying goodbye to this show at the end of March because um I actually don't think I'm gonna I'm just gonna stay in the Shaftesbury theater and they're gonna have to kick me out be like no it's not it's not (laughs) ending
0: As you say, like one of our highlights of Juliette specifically last year was the cast change show in Mark. And I'm still convinced to this day that if we hadn't stopped clapping at the end of David Badella and Melanie labarry's duet, that we would still be there now.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: We just need to do that on closing night. Just as soon as the first number finishes, just stand there clapping.
1: Yeah, be like, that's it. You, We're not we're not going anywhere.
0: Because <laughs> like, if we never get beyond the first number, and we'll just let them do like one number a day and drag it out.
1: Yeah, I think... This show is so special to me and I wrote a very, very lengthy blog post about it, which if you do want to read, head over to our website, just about how special this show is. And it's a show that I have followed from when it first premiered at Manchester Opera House through to to the end of West End Run at this point. And I just think it's such a groundbreaking show and is going to set the precedent for so many shows in the future that... I just think it doesn't get enough credit. I think it deserves so much more love and it gets a lot of love, but it deserves 10 times the amount
0: that it gets. One of the challenges with Anne Juliet is because it's a jukebox musical, it gets some of that stereotype of a jukebox musical, yet it's a jukebox musical in the best possible way. This show is breaking so many boundaries. It is pushing through glass ceilings. It is creating a incredibly powerful platform for performers From all over, of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all genders. And it does it so unequivocally and unapologetically that if you do not like this, you have no place in theatre, full stop.
1: Yeah. Like, I get the whole not enjoying jukebox musicals. They're not for everyone. That's fine. But I think it's incredibly naive to go into Anne Juliet and say that it doesn't change anything, that it doesn't contribute anything. People who are saying that, I don't think they've seen the same show that we have.
0: No. For example, and without getting too much into the detail, character of May and the way that that character is written, created, presented is perfect.
1: And how that, seeing kind of the growth of that character as well, how it's developed from the initial run to now and, you know, down to The very smart casting choices of people who play that character. It's just very groundbreaking to see that on such a large stage in the West End. And yeah, like I said, it's going to be one of those shows that goes down in history of being a turning point in representation in theatre.
0: Moving on, another massive show that is going to go down as a turning point of modern theatre is the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre's production of Legally Blonde last summer.
1: Stunning. 10 out of 10. No notes. Not a single note to be made about that show.
0: Flawless. No notes. I said it at the interval. I said it when we walked out of it. I said it when the casting was announced. I said it when I saw the set design. This is how you do a show. But this is not just how you do a show. This is how you take a show that is well loved, but was not without its problems. And you bring it bang slap up to date you make it as inclusive, you make it as representative as you possibly can. And then you throw even more at it and you come out with such a incredibly vibrant and moving and passionate piece of theatre that, again, people are going to be talking about for many years to come, I think.
1: Yeah, I... Was so excited when I heard that Legally Blonde was being revived. It's a show that I have wanted to see for a long time. It's one of my favorite films of all time. So I was like, I'm gonna go into this knowing that I'm gonna have a good time, regardless. And just the moment that Courtney Berman was announced as L. I, I think I text you like 17 times, like, wake up. You need to be awake. I need to talk to someone about this. And I just remember being sat on the tube, like just bombarding you with texts until you woke up because it's like, this is incredible, an incredibly talented actress. And also just one of those casting choices that makes so much sense. As soon as Courtney Berman was announced, I was like, right, yeah, of course. it it can't be anyone else. That is the most logical decision here. And I think that's why it's such a great choice.
0: This is it. There's a big dialogue happening in the theatre world at the moment about appropriate casting and how that works. And there is this notion that in many cases is quite correct of the right people to play the right sort of roles. And there are roles out there that have to be played by certain genders, by certain backgrounds, certain ethnicities, but equally, there's roles out there where genuinely the best person should get it. And I don't think any of us would have imagined Courtney Bowman as Elle Woods.
1: Well, I mean, she even did a performance at Rolls Will Never Play of Legally Blonde. Even she didn't realise that she would ever play that role. But now it seems bizarre to even think otherwise.
0: Her personification of Elle Woods was just perfection.
1: As someone who is a huge fan of the film, like I've already mentioned, it was spot on. Like it was the perfect way of taking a early 2000s L and bringing her slap bang into the 21st century. It made
0: sense. It didn't just stop there, though, because we had other casting within that show that continued to push the boundaries and be flawless. Yes. Margot. Margot honestly played by is Hesketh
1: genuinely incredible again another thing where you just think of course the perfect person for the role like there's there's no question about it that that just made sense
0: even then you know having understudies Ali Daniels who was able to step up into a couple of different roles as well you know seeing trans and non-binary performers centered in such big productions in roles that haven't always traditionally been played by trans or non-binary people there is no reason why they can't be and you know for a show to be doing this again and again and again with its casting it was a massive deal and it still is a massive deal but it also wasn't at all
1: it really felt like it was genuinely casting the right person for the job and not just a tick box exercise and that's the key thing when it comes to representation on stage I think that I say this from a position as a cis white woman. I am not the person who should be having these conversations particularly, but I think from the point of view that it was genuinely the best person for the job is exactly how things should be. We shouldn't cast people in a role because that's traditionally what that role has been. It should always be how can we push the boundary? How can we make a change and how can we just genuinely you know, give the best person the job.
0: Yeah, completely. Absolutely. And that that's summed up legally blonde, in my opinion. And I just want to give a shout out as well to Lauren Drew, um, who's whipped into shape. It is rent-free in my head, even now.
1: I need that dance choreo because I feel like if I did that every day for a week, I would like it changed my life. Every day of the week I'd be like, Yeah, I'm fine. I'm done. Like who needs the gym? Three minutes on stage. That's all I
0: need. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about three minutes on stage, what if we divided that by three and made it just 60 seconds or not even that? One minute, 54 seconds. What show might that be?
1: Wow. That that was a, a jump I wasn't expecting, but I'm impressed by that that was quite a quick turnaround. 10 years Um, of
0: radio, (laughs) 10 years of radio.
1: Yes, that is a little show called Lyft.
0: A little show called Lyft that was at the Southwark Playhouse. And I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it It was my show of the year.
1: I don't think you've mentioned that before. (laughs) Like, I genuinely think this is the first time you've ever said that to me.
0: I have never been so captivated by a show and its cast and its set design and its story and its music and just everything about it. Like we were spoiled in 2022. Yeah. With how much great theatre there was. And yeah, Lyft is a show that I've known about for a very, very long time. It's set in one of the lifts at Covent Garden Station. It's very meta. It's a little bit through the looking glass, but the production last year brought it kind of bang up to date, reimagined a lot of it and just incredible. In- incredible.
1: Yeah. It was one that I remember getting the email kind of saying that it was, it had been announced and I sent it to you and it's like, oh, this sounds like something you'd like because it's set in a tube station. (laughs) And you were like, oh my God, no, this is the best thing that I've ever heard. I'm so excited that this is coming back. And I loved it. I, it was something I'd not really heard about before we'd kind of agreed that we were going to go and see it. And I just loved the simplicity of it and just how much of a love letter it is to London and just like the city itself, but then has so many layers underneath that. And the beauty of it being so simple is that everyone takes something different away from it.
0: One of those that's very much like a character piece and the the characters come to the fore we wrote a joint review which is on our website but you can go and check out that goes into a bit more of our our kind of thoughts and and views on it becky took away from it the very kind of top level love letter to london whereas i straight away was like no this is the stages of grief
1: yeah it was only the second time watching it that i was like actually i get it now that's not anything wrong with the show itself. That's just how my brain works. I tend to take more away from the second time I've seen a show than the first, but I was like, oh, I get it now. Like it's like a light bulb moment in my head. I was like, this is incredible and so clever and just the embodiment of how less is more.
0: For me as well, it was the set design that really topped it off. And there were some beautiful set pieces, in particular Top of the City, where there were these like kind of bright neon blue um, batons that were on stage. And just the way that the choreography used these to make the city in one of the, kind of the most poignant moments in the show was beautiful. And the set design as well in general was just so simple yet complex and clever. I just, I thought it was brilliant. Like genuinely one of the best things, if not the best thing I ever ever seen on a stage in my now many years of being on the planet.
1: I just, I just remember you went to see it before me because we had to go on different days and you just texted me saying there's one bit that's going to blow your mind. Like I can't tell you what it is. And it, it was exactly that moment but you're just going, I can't tell you what it is, but oh my God, you're going to, you are going to love it. And I was like, you were right. I loved that. That ticked all the boxes for me. I'm happy. I am done.
0: (laughs) Lift of Course was another of those shows though that didn't quite escape the illnesses and the struggles that we were seeing in theatre in 2022. In its final week, it had to do a couple of concert versions without kind of the full cast, but that also showed the professionalism of some of the people involved. We had people in the cast stepping up to play roles, to sing parts that they'd never sung before. We had somebody learn the show in a day to come in and cover all the parts. And we were lucky to see Eve on the the final night, who was brilliant.
1: Because it's one of those pieces that is also a very strong concept album. Like the music is the key part. Being able to kind of step in and learn that and it still be delivered at such like a high level is is incredible like it it just worked so well
0: completely for me though I think the takeaway of the entire show my highlight the bit that I am never going to be able to stop thinking about was the incredible Kaylee McKnight
1: stunning stunning just like Incredible performance both times.
0: Yeah, singing Lost in Translations, which is a beautiful song. And if you haven't heard it, I strongly encourage you to go and check it out. But Kaylee's voice, Kaylee's temperament, just such a perfect fit for that song. And we were really lucky to talk to Kaylee twice, actually, over the course of last year uh, on our radio show, which you can check out on our website. Getting more of an insight into Kaylee's background on Lyft as well was incredible, but equally... You know, seeing that, especially on closing night and Kaylee's belt and just this magnificent, like, growl that she does with her voice in that song in particular, nothing like it. Like, I cried.
1: I mean, it's not a shock that you cried during Lyft, but I completely agree. Kaylee McKnight is definitely one to be keeping a close eye on, I think, in the future, because the talent that this woman has is insane.
0: It really is. Sticking with the theme of crying as we get towards the end now of kind of our highlights from the last year, that
1: could be any show on the West End. It
0: could be (laughs) for you.
1: It's It's like, oh, what's happening next? I don't know. It could be anything.
0: But in this case, it's actually a show that has recently flown away from the West End, and it's heartbreaking that this show is not there. Like, I'm going to walk past the Phoenix Theatre at some point in the near future, and I'm just going to go. I'm going to double take and go, "Where's it gone?"
1: I'm scared to walk down past the Phoenix Theatre to see it without the blue and the yellow.
0: We are, of course, talking about Come From Away, which is a show we were very, very, very late to. I only saw it the once and I am kicking myself. You were lucky to get there twice, but it is one of the most beautiful, moving, thoughtful, kind human shows Again, of all time, I think. And the West End is genuinely worse off without it.
1: I think the beautiful thing about Come From Away is I don't know a single person who went to see it and didn't take something away from it. It might not be, you know, the happiest. It's definitely not the happiest of shows. (laughs) But every single person I know who has been to see it has been like, this is a special show. This is an example of humanity at its finest.
0: Yeah, that is it. It's a show in the darkest and some of the hardest times you can ever be in. How that people will always band together, and even again, without once to give too much because we are getting a tour, thankfully, of this show. It has we haven't got the full details yet, but we do know there's a tour coming in 2024, which we're there, like we will be there. But it is a show that even in some of the darkest moments of human history even when you've got reason to be worried of absolutely everybody and everything, the kindness and the humility of strangers becomes so important. And yeah, I just think, it. it, it I struggle for words to describe this show because it, it really is just so special. There's There's not many shows where one minute you are laugh out loud crying laugh out loud crying. well there we go that, that's yeah. not what I was going for but actually like sums it up you'll be laughing out loud completely and then before you even have a moment to realize what's happening you are bawling your eyes out and then as soon as that's happened you're back to laugh out loud and the pacing the timing the stories all based on true stories as well I should add beautiful
1: I think you're completely right in the sense that it's the pacing of the show is just perfect and for something that does have such a heavy heavy topic at the center of it um you know being able to bring light to that darkness is is just it's a skill that not everyone has and i think that's why it's such it's such a unique show
0: finally then of kind of big highlights from 2022 sticking with A flighty theme oh yes and sticking with actually what's quite a tragic tale it's what I think we are dubbing officially as the next big thing
1: yes we are talking about 42 balloons
0: we are this was a late comer into our 2022 favorites back in November when we got a concert version three weeks only uh three Mondays and then two shows on the final Monday And we went into this. I knew the story. I was aware of this true story. You knew nothing about it.
1: I knew that this guy existed, but that was the level of of my knowledge.
0: We went into this show very blind, beyond just the story. Brand new musical, often the case. You know, there are a couple of recordings out there, but not many. And oh my goodness.
1: I have never been, you know, first show, first time seeing a show it usually takes me like to the interval before I know if I'm into it or not. This first song, I just, I was like, I'm sold. Like this is a story about lawn chair Larry, who basically attempted to fly in a, a lawn chair, as the name suggests, by connecting 42 balloons to the chair. He was successful, boiler alert, but you know, it's history so you can look it up. But
0: you can look it up after the show.
1: <laughs> nice. But I think just the the concept of, you know, it's such a rogue thing to write a show about.
0: Yeah. And it was really nice though, to get more of an insight into that creative process. We were really fortunate to be able to sit down and have a chat with Jack Godfrey, the writer, and discover a lot more about that. But even then it was a show brought to life with incredible cast as well
1: incredible cast and stunning stunning soundtrack like the music the score i'm for those who are regular listeners know that i am a sucker for anything that is 80s related i'm like 80s musical i'm sold happy the 80s vibes that just run through this show are impeccable
0: truly 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 impeccable big shout as well to evelyn hoskins playing carol and also a big shout out as well to charlie mccullough who played Launcher larry
1: yes the cast was just incredible i saw it the full thing twice
0: i saw it one and a half times <laughs> you had to leave at the interval yeah
1: and i think just the it was quite fun seeing the development week on week of the show like little things had changed like props and things like that and i think this is a, a show that's at the stage where it's almost ready for a full production like a little little changes here and there and it's you know ready to go and i am so excited for when this does get a full production because i'll be there every night yeah
0: same if we don't get it this year it's definitely going to come in 2024 and i am here for it and my only big wish and big ask is don't overcomplicate it there was some it was a stage concept so it wasn't a full-blown production but there were some elements of the movement design the choreography in that stage production that could move directly into a fully blown, fully fledged production of it. Keep them. Do not overcomplicate this because the strength of it is in the music, in the storytelling, and in some of that simplicity. Less is so much more in a show like this.
1: Absolutely. I think it was, like I said, ready to go. So don't change something if it's not, if it doesn't need it.
0: No. If you don't want to hear more about our thoughts on Forty Two Balloons, you can go and check out our full podcast from season one. Just search Forty Two Balloons wherever you get your podcasts, or on our website. And as well, do check out our bonus interview with Jack Godfrey, the writer of that show. Now, I know I said that we were going to move on from twenty twenty two and start looking ahead, but to kind of transition into that, almost because there's one little thing we'll be doing after that as well, but we can't do a little rundown of the year without touching very slightly on one more 80s show that continues to take the West End by storm. It is, of course, this tiny little underground show that you might not have heard of called Heather's the Musical.
1: Taking the West End by storm is a great way of saying causing a lot of controversy. (laughs) (laughs) but we love it so i don't care what anyone else says
0: (laughs) we are going to be doing a heather's episode at long last as part of season two so do keep an eye out for that yes this show is causing a lot of controversy it is splitting opinions like no other and whilst i don't want to get into that right now it is a show we adore it is a show that we saw again and again and again and again and again and
1: again and again
0: and again (laughs) it's just a show that is so much fun though and we've made so many fun memories we've met some incredible people we're lucky enough to talk as i've already mentioned to kaylee mcknight who understudied veronica sawyer really early on in 2022 we've also spoke to may tether who understudied veronica sawyer both on the 2021 2022 tour and now is playing it playing the role at the other palace
1: yes there's a theme here. We only speak to the Veronica understudies <laughs> <laughs> by the sounds of things.
0: We also, you know, we saw the tour on tour in Cardiff. We saw the show at the other palace more times than we care to mention. Um, and another particular one I want to shout out, we saw Fate Closing in March. We saw the show at the start and at the end of May because we want to see the new cast. Then we wanted to go and see some covers. There was the time that you booked tickets for the wrong day. <laughs>
1: yeah that was that that was i was very unwell that day like i was i was actually unwell i probably shouldn't have left the house in hindsight No, but we <laughs> did
0: get to see Mae veronica and hannah chandler
1: yes that was that was an incredible night
0: um hannah lowther of course the the mood the moment
1: <laughs> the myth the legend yeah <laughs> whatever the saying is <laughs>
0: um, heather's uh, one sage this year or last year did become hannah hannah and, and hannah, hannah. <laughs> um, and just incredible, and and someone who's continued to come back to the show. You know, we went back to the show in October, yes, and still managed to see Hannah Love.
1: She is, she's just kind of turns up.
0: She is, she's like, oh, you you need mighty. a,
1: she's like, you need a cover. Yeah, I'm there. Whatever.
0: She <laughs> is a mythic bitch. Yes, Heather's Day as well. We can't not mention Heather's Day. Um, I was able to go all day for a day of bag fan at. <laughs> At the other palace.
1: <laughs> yes. You're going
0: to have to explain that.
1: So for context, the marketing material for what what is actually called Big Fundy had, I can't even remember where the A is, but basically the graphics made it look like it said Bag Funday, and now it is just the re- recurring joke between us all that it was Bag Funday instead of Big Fundy.
0: <laughs> I did actually have lots of bags with me. <laughs> I did go as the bag fan. <laughs> no, and it was really luck- lovely to kind of have a Q&A. We got the, the new cast announcement, including a new character was added into the show to try and create a little bit more resilience around swings and covers. We had a lovely Q&A with Lizanne Falk, one of the original, well, the original Heather McNamara in the film.
1: i so, so sad I missed that. You met her. I know, but it's not the same. No, it's not the I same. wanted to hear about the film.
0: But then I think the highlight of the day for me wasn't even the show. It was you and me
1: dressed as Kurt and Ram
0: going along as Cram and everybody loved it.
1: It was just such a great atmosphere that day. I think it was a great example of just why this show is so special and why people care about it so much and just the community and friendships that have come out of this show It was the perfect poster for that. I mean, our friendship stemmed from loving Heathers. We know other people who have built their friendships on the show. We now are friends with those people as well. It's just such a beautiful show about community, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not a show that doesn't have its problems, like let's get that out the way. There are things the show could and probably should change. And we will explore that in more detail when we do our Heather's episode. But it was the first show we saw together and really kind of solidified our friendship. It's a show that's been there through our friendship through many of our up and downs. But like you say as well, it's a show that's brought so many other people together. And it was so nice on Big Fun Day to see those friendships, to meet those people, many of whom we were chatting to online, had never met in person, and just see how much joy and love it brings to people like say what you want about the show there are not many shows in theatre full stop across the world that create so much community and so much love and friendships particularly for younger people than Heather's
1: yes absolutely it's a special special show
0: really really is right then last thing we're going to do before we jump stop looking backwards and start looking at the future Any shows that you wanted to see in 2022 that you just couldn't quite squeeze in?
1: There were a few. So I, there were so many that I did want to see that I just physically couldn't get to, couldn't travel, couldn't fit it in. There were a couple on at the Turbine Theatre that I really wanted to see. Diva Live from Hell. I saw a snippet of that at West End Live. Seemed like a great time. Just physically couldn't fit it in but then I also was so gutted to miss the Half a Sixpence revival at Kilworth House that ran over the summer. It's a show that I've never seen I think is it one that have you seen?
0: I didn't get to see the West End run a few years ago but I did it was one of those shows I caved on and listened to the soundtrack. Oh it's one of the few shows that I've done it but they did a few of like media kind of things so I'd seen a few little bits of it. It's a interesting show in that it is very traditional but even the 2017 i want to say revival modernized it a lot and from what i heard of the kill with house production it was even better so i am i am gutted to have not seen it but i do have a suspicion we've not seen the last of it
1: i think it's gonna make a reappearance on the west end i think it's a very like timely story it's very relevant to modern society even though it's not I think it would be quite interesting to see kind of how the modern version would play out on the West End stage in terms of like reception and things like that. Just like giving it another life. I I would love to see it again. For sure. I See see it again. I've never seen it.
0: You would love to see it.
1: Yes, that's the word I'm looking for.
0: (laughs) For sure. I think for me, one of the things that I was gutted that I couldn't squeeze in was the chess concerts at Drury Lane, part of the same kind of set of concerts as Kinky Boots. Something had to give.
1: Yeah, just trying to fit anything in in August when those concerts were happening was just like, impossible
0: even fitting in kinky boots was a bit of a stretch wanted to do pride and prejudice sort of as well that was another show that i was really trying to like f- squeeze in but just couldn't find time but thankfully it's coming back
1: yeah it's out on tour i think now already
0: yeah. yeah opened opened already by the time you're listening to this uh which is really exciting um another one i missed and i don't know how i, I don't know i wanted to try and fit it in I just couldn't and I'm a little bit sad about it but I will get over it that is Mary Poppins I know you can
1: I'd take it or leave it personally
0: I just think it's one of those kind of quite timeless shows that sort of everybody has to to see and it would have been years since I've seen it so I would have liked to have seen it I missed the waitress tour as well
1: yeah I forgot that that was on tour it seemed to be on tour for like forever
0: yeah well it was Technically still the pre-COVID tour, Yeah, but I don't think we've seen The Last of Waitress. That will be back soon.
1: I say give it six months, a year, and we'll have another tour, if not another residency somewhere.
0: Yeah, for sure. The last one, not one that I'm got I didn't see because I did see it, but one I really wanted you to see. And who knows, maybe this year we'll be able to see it. Greece?
1: Well, it is coming back.
0: It is with some of the same leads.
1: Yes. I will cave and go see Greece this time. I did want to see it. It was just, it's one of those that, cause I've seen it before and it rarely changes. I was like, I'm not actually that bothered. But then you went and you're like, actually, no, it is really
0: good. It's still Greece. It's still going to be a very Marmite show. And there is only so much you can change with it. And Yes, in places it did feel a little bit dated source material level with other shows we've got, but the production there, which is the same one that by Nikolai Foster that had debuted at Curve a few years ago, has changed things up. It's brought some elements of the film. It's brought some elements of the original stage show and it's a much stronger show than most productions of Greece and Jocasta Ram Girls. Rizzo in particular, flawless.
1: I'm, I'm a big Rizzo stancer. So... I'm very excited that I get to see that
0: again. For me, though, it was also Eloise Davis's Frenchie as a massive Frenchie stand.
1: Yeah. We're just pink lady stands.
0: Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. Right, that's enough of looking backwards because we have bored you for a very long time. So now we're going to look ahead to 2023 and see some of the shows that are going to be coming to the West End and beyond that are on our radar.
1: Yeah. Where do we want to start? That is the question.
0: I'm going to start with a show that I have seen and you have not. And whilst the playing field will be levelled in a very near future, I will still always have something over you that you will never have. And what is that? That is Bat Out of Hell, the musical. Specifically, me seeing Christina Bennington and Jordan Luke Gage.
1: Yeah, I am incredibly jealous of that. You're never going to let me live that down because that is a pairing who... Just the chemistry those two have when they are on stage is incredible. And to see it in a show that I, I already know I'm going to love, Bat Out of Hell. I've still not seen it, which is a shock to everyone because everyone else, all my friends who don't even like musicals have seen Bat Out of Hell. And I'm like, how am I the only one who hasn't seen the show? This show has everything that I know I'm going to love. You know, like great dancing, absolutely incredible music. Costuming, from what I've seen, looks incredible. I'm trying not to look at the plot, but it's essentially Peter Pan, isn't it? So I'm very excited about that. But I I just can't believe I've not seen
0: it yet. Well... That is all going to change very, very soon in February when it comes to the Peacock Theatre in London. We will be there and do keep an eye out because I'm sure there will be a podcast episode entirely dedicated to Bat Out of Hell that will probably be nearly as long as Bat Out of Hell.
1: I was going to say, I feel like as soon as I see this show, something's going to be unlocked in me and I'm I'm not going to be able to stop talking about it.
0: It is going to be what I, I would be surprised if it isn't your show of the year.
1: What if I hate it? Plot twist. No, I love I love meatloaf, so like...
0: It is very long. That's <laughs> my only concern. It does drag a little bit at times.
1: Bestie, one of my favourite shows is Hamilton. I'm used to the it's long best, shows best. that drag. The
0: less said about Hamilton, the better. Go and check out our <laughs> season one episode on that. Other shows that we are wanting to see or looking forward to, I'm going to do one now. Next to Normal is finally coming over to the UK. Yes. It's a show I have known about for a very, very long time. I have again caved and listened to a couple of songs, not actually deliberately. They came up on like my Spotify for you playlists. It's a very interesting show dealing with things like mental health and that kind of thing. I think it's going to be timely for the West End.
1: Yes. I think it's a very interesting show what I'm very excited to see. I, I think I've only heard one song from it at Rolls Will Never Play. I can't even remember who sung it, but someone, it's definitely come up at one of those shows. I'm intrigued because it's being billed as an immersive show. Mm. And I don't know what that means for a show that is mm. heavily focused on addiction. Mm. Um, But we'll see, you know, we'll see See what, what happens with that. It's on at the Donmar Warehouse from the 12th of August to the 7th of October. So I'm sure by the time we are deep in our podcast, we will end up chatting about that show in a lot more detail.
0: Yes, probably. I would expect so.
1: Other shows you're looking forward to, we will rock you. I am. Again, another Marmite show. Yeah. When this was announced, a lot of people were like, oh, do we really have to go through this again? But I'm like, you know what? I love a jukebox musical. I love Queen. So I'm already sold. The concept of the show sounds pretty cool. I don't care if everyone else hates it. I'm going to go in and I know that I'm going to have a good time. So sorry to everyone else, I guess.
0: I think this is it, is that theatre has become very polarised over the last 18 months, two years in terms of opinions. I think part of that is because there's a new wave of bloggers. There's a new wave of fans coming in and social media is such a different platform from what it was even five years ago. We've also got things like TikTok. It's so easy to put your views out there, but it's also so easy to end up in a little bubble and a little echo chamber of people who say the same thing as you. A lot of people forget that actually commercial theatre relies on people who are not theatre fans to survive and shows like Mamma Mia, shows like We Will Rock You, your big jukebox musicals, even shows like Anne Juliette, are the shows that get people to come into theaters and get people to spend money and keep these venues open. And even if it is only a limited run, actually that limited run could be cross-subsidizing the whole venue for the year. And it's better to have a short run. And I don't want to get too much into this argument here and now, but it is better to have a, a, a well-known or even like a show like We Will Rock, you come in, get some money into the venue, allowing it to be there for the smaller works that will then come after
1: yeah and i mean it is at the london coliseum so it's not exactly the theater known for new work particularly but you know it seems like the most logical show to put on from june to august Mm. when you are getting people coming into london who might be like i want to see a show but i want to see something that i know i'm going to enjoy with songs that i recognize what's wrong with It being the summer show, like I don't see a problem with this.
0: It's the same logic of Greece going into the Dominion again. It's the logic of having shows like Pretty Woman at the Savoy. Is there shows that are going to get bombs on seats? And ultimately, any bombs on seats at any theatre is only a good thing because that's also how you bring in new theatre goers. If people go along to a show and have a great time, they're going to go back for more.
1: Exactly. People go see We Will Rock You think, oh, that was really good. You know, I wonder what other people have been in research the shows, listen to the cast recordings, go see productions similar. Like it's it's how you get these new theatre fans in by giving them something they know they're going to enjoy and then they go, oh, what else is out there? I think it's very important.
0: It's really important that we have such a vibrant discourse and people are so able to share their views and share their thoughts on things, but there does have to be a little step back taken at times and people just kind of need to be a little bit more big thinking and nuanced and just go actually this might not be my favorite show but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be on like I would love to see Lyft in the Palladium every single night until the end of time it's now it it would probably struggle to sell out one night at the Palladium because it's such a niche show doesn't mean that it's not an important show and a special show but we have to remember theatre is a business rightly or wrongly and there is always going to be a tussle between the commercial and the the art i guess but having these shows is an important part of a vibrant and a thriving industry
1: yes speaking of vibrant and thriving got another show that i'm looking forward to At the time of recording, this is not yet opened, but by the time you're listening, Head Over Heels at the Hope Mill Theatre will be playing to audiences. And it is a show that I'm very excited about. Again, you know, 80s musical, like 80s pop songs turn into a musical. What am I going to hate about that? But also the Hope Mill Theatre know what they're doing. They are very, very good at putting on very, very good productions. And it wouldn't surprise me if after this limited run at the Hope Mill Theatre that we see Head Over Heels heading to London very quickly.
0: We're still waiting, though, for the Hope Mill's productions of Rent and The Wiz to come to London.
1: We are, but I think that this one could potentially be, you know, a catalyst in the rest of them moving, from, from what I'm hearing. Just looking at the cast, looking at the creative teams involved. I think this is going to be a very special show. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if it goes somewhere like a smaller theater that has run similar sized productions. It's not going to go straight into kind of a big theater, but it's definitely one that I think I'm going to be keeping a very very close eye on over the next kind of year because I think it's going to be something pretty
0: special. Yeah, for sure. I'm just biased. I just want rent.
1: I also want rent.
0: Just but give me rent, please.
1: Because I would actually like to be able to listen to rent because I have never seen it, which is a shock to everyone, I'm sure.
0: Another show that I'm really looking forward to seeing this year has already opened and it's just, we didn't get a chance, we've not had a chance to get it in yet because it has been extended as well. That is Newsies.
1: Yes. we we The only reason we haven't seen this yet is because we had too much on before Christmas to fit it in.
0: And then, I'm surprised we've also got through the whole podcast without mentioning this, Um, in January, it was also my 30th birthday, where it was all about me for five days. So the thoughts of seeing a show, well, we did see a show, but the thoughts (laughs) of seeing like new ones, there was no time. I was too busy planning my 30th. So happy birthday to me.
1: (laughs) Definitely. When you say it was five days all about you, that is not a lie. But news is, is one, I'm scared to see this show. I think... Not because I think that it's gonna be bad, but I don't know if I I'm scared that I'm not gonna love it as much as everyone else does. I think it's been very, very hyped up.
0: Yeah, we listened to a couple of the songs when we were doing the radio show and they never they didn't grab me as completely like this is unbelievably incredible. They're not bad by any means. And I think where this show for us is going to come into its own is going to be the production itself, the choreography, the staging, the music just seems quite generic.
1: It seems very like classic musical theatre, but just from the clips of the dancing and the set design that I've seen, I'm like, even if I hate the story and the music, I'm going to have a great time just watching people dance on that stage because stunning from what i've seen already absolutely stunning
0: stunning indeed finally a show that has been announced as coming in 2023 going to be showing at the old vip from may onwards groundhog day
1: yeah i am very excited about this show
0: Yeah, so it's written by Tim Minchin, who is also known for Matilda the Musical, one of my favourite shows. We're going to get you to see it this year, without a doubt. Didn't do that well on Broadway. It was a bit of a flop.
1: Which surprises me.
0: I think it's going to do really, really well. I think this is going to be one of the shows of the year.
1: I think that especially since we've seen such a great success of the Matilda film.
0: The Matildaverse.
1: Matildaverse. It's You're right. It's going to be one of those shows that just does so well and is finds a new appreciation and a different audience, I think, purely because now everyone appreciates Tim Minchin's work a lot more, <laughs> I think. I, yeah,
0: I mean, I've been a big fan of Tim Minchin for well over a decade now and I'm just really excited to get to see this show in the flesh. Like, I will be there without a doubt, 100%. Yeah. Finally, now it's time to take a look at some of the rumours that are floating around for 2023.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple of shows that rumours are a weird one. When it comes to rumours for shows in theatre, it's always difficult to see if it's because it's actually happening or if it's because people want to see if people care enough to make it happen so there's been a few rumors here and there about shows that were supposed to happen in 2022 that never actually came to fruition rent rent jagged little pill i feel like mean girls has no mean girls wasn't actually rumored it was just supposed to happen and then just never did Mm. so there's Quite a few that were doing the rounds last year that nothing's really kind of come up since the rumours happened, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do appear in 2023. One of them being Hades Town.
0: If this comes back, I am going to lose my stuff.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, keep it family friendly, please. Yeah, I am very excited to see this show. It's again, one that I'm not sure if I'm excited because everyone else is excited about it or because it is actually something that I want to see. But I also love kind of the concept of it. And I'm really interested to see if this does actually come to the UK in 2023, like it has been rumored.
0: Fingers crossed on that one. Fingers crossed all the way through. This one that I think is less of a rumor and more just your personal wish list, Hamilton. UK tour?
1: It's less so a wish list for me and more, I think that this show needs to go on tour so other people can see it. We were talking about this before we started recording that a Hamilton tour would make sense, so much sense, because the tickets for Hamilton in the West End are extortionate they are incredibly of, not overpriced, they are just incredibly expensive. And I think that while tour tickets aren't necessarily going to be cheaper, they will be more accessible in the sense that you don't have the added costs of travel and accommodation and then everything else that comes with visiting London to see a show. And I think that, yeah, it won't, necessarily be a more accessible in terms of price but it will be more accessible in terms of the logistics of everything and i'm i'm excited to for this show to go to new places and go to places that don't necessarily get a show like this
0: for sure despite my reservations about hamilton which you can hear more of in our season one episode hamilton the room where it happens It is a show that everybody should see and it's a show that is a defining moment of musical theatre. We see shows that are inspired by Hamilton quite a lot and for people to be able to see that source material in a much more accessible way is really important and it is one of those shows that shouldn't just be in London. Okay, it's not as relevant to a UK audience as it might be to a US one, but it is a musical theatre show that is like moment defining, era defining, I guess.
1: I mean, you've just reminded me about being relevant to UK audiences. Um, I was once in a cafe and I overheard someone saying that they didn't understand why Hamilton was on in the West End because it's US history. And I was like, yeah, well, Les Mis is on and that's French history.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But just to, as an aside there, I do think you're right. Like, it's It is such a defining piece of theatre and just opening this up to audiences. And just getting it out in front of people. I think it's a another show that would inspire a lot of kind of like the next generation of theater fans. I can imagine being a teenager and going to see this for the first time and being like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is exactly what I want to train in. This has inspired me to write. This has inspired me to learn to sing, to play music. You know, I think it's one of those shows that no matter what you think about the show itself, you can't deny that it is the catalyst for so much inspiration.
0: For sure. 100% agreement there. Final little prediction from me of things that we, less so a show that I hope is going to come, but more a thing that I hope is going to come. It's the equity strike. Yes. I don't think we'll get to the point of a strike. But I do fully back and support the calls that are happening and the equity campaign that has been launched in the middle of January for better rates of pay for performers in the West End and beyond, really.
1: Yes, I think this is a long time coming. Yeah, And we will be outstanding in solidarity with everyone should it come to the point of strike action. And until that, we are supporting everyone trying to just get a livable wage in this industry
0: given some of the prices of theater tickets nowadays it is outrageous that performers are struggling to actually live in the city that they are performing in that some of them can't even afford tickets to the shows that they are performing in like this is ludicrous and Yes, the West End is notoriously expensive to keep running. Many of the Victorian theatres are literally crumbling. We forget the Apollo Theatre incident about seven or eight years ago now. But things do need to change. You know, for too long, has money been going into the pockets of big theatre producers? You say that very deliberately, because there are a lot of excellent producers out there. But you know, there are theatre producers sat on huge amounts of personal wealth.
1: There's very few industries where you can be at the absolute top of your game and still require another job just to survive.
0: Yeah, it is not good. And it is something that needs to change. And hopefully you know, we are going to see a resolution through the equity campaign. And if that does end up in a strike, as Becky says, we will be right there out on the picket lines, supporting those to get to what they want, because there is no theatre without those performers. And if those performers decide to not perform anymore, the industry is going to be at a great loss.
1: And also the stage managers who are also involved in this discussion, without them, the health of the performers and the management of the show falls apart.
0: Yep. This is not just about performance. This is about creative. This is about technicians. This is about company managers. This is about admin staff. Every single person who is responsible for putting on a West End show or indeed a show out in the regional theatres, out on touring productions, deserves a living wage. Absolutely. Okay then. So those are things that we want to happen. Shows that are rumoured that we are less excited about or a little bit concerned about maybe we'll start with some of the bigger shows the bigger names sound of music is being rumored as coming back do we need it again do we really need another production of the sound of music
1: no end of discussion moving on
0: <laughs> aladdin do we really need another production of aladdin i saw the run at the prince edward theater about five years ago now i hated it
1: i can't comment on this because I, I didn't only, see it.
0: The only show I hated more was Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, bold! Yeah, but I nearly walked out the interval of that. Yeah, point. didn't. And I'm talking about the West End run in like 2013, 2014, not the Leeds Playhouse run that, by all accounts, seemed to be good. Is perhaps not the right word, but is Better. getting is is getting okay <laughs> reviews. But yeah, like, do we need Sound of Music and Aladdin coming back? As we've said, yes. There is always a space and a need for well-known shows in the West End to bring audiences in. Are these the ones?
1: Maybe not. Get some other stuff going. There's so many other shows that could take these places.
0: Grease is a better show and is doing that. Will Rock you is a better show and is doing that. Mamma Mia is a better show and is doing that already. We don't need the same three shows coming back again and again and again and again, in our opinion. And then there's The Biggie, which is a show that we would love to see on the West End. but. Is it going to be done correctly?
1: Yes, we are, of course, talking about Hedwig and the Angry Inch. We saw this, the Leeds Playhouse Manchester Home joint production ran across both theatres in April and May in 2022. A stunning production of what is a rarely staged show.
0: Yeah, you don't see Hedwig often. I went into it relatively blind about what was going to be coming and what was happening And I adored this show. The casting was flawless. The set design was flawless. The pacing, the direction. It was just such a wonderful show to take a gamble on,
1: in my opinion. Yeah, I, this is in contrast. I had seen the Riverdale episode (laughs) based on this show and was, it's been one that had been on my radar for a while. And I'm a huge fan of Davina DeCampo who actually played Hedwig in this production. And I was like, I'll go see it. You know, I know that Davina's is going to be incredible. I like some of the songs. It's going to be brilliant, but it was so much more than just the brilliance on stage. It is the genuine care that has been taken with this show. Um, You know, platforming uh, trans and non-binary artists, actors, musicians, directors, creative team. It was the whole package. It did everything that this show needed to do to tell the story in the most authentic but sensitive way.
0: Hedwig is a really moving queer story and at times is incredibly dark. You know, it does deal with some very difficult themes, but... The fact that, as Becky said, so many of the people involved in that have lived experience of some of the themes that are being explored really made it that little bit more special because this is a show that you could just cast anybody in and they probably would do an all right job of it. But then actually taking that, taking a queer show and celebrating and centering and focusing on queer voices is perfection and is exactly what this show deserves but again it was like Legally Blonde in that regard in that the casting was flawless it wasn't a case of right we need to cast this in the right way it was still then the right people for the job as well and getting those things right and making it feel like yes you are celebrating and focusing on queer voices but you also have the best people for the job playing the roles we need to see more of it
1: yes And there's been some rumours that this is going to be coming to the West End.
0: And I would love for this to come to the West End, but...
1: It has to be done properly. Everyone who was involved in this production found out about this rumour at the same time we did. From what I've seen from tweets and things like that. Which is a shame, because if it does come to the West End, maybe not necessarily the same creative team but the same energy needs to be there. Otherwise we run the risk of this being a disaster.
0: Yeah. We don't need to just necessarily take that entire production and move it to the West end. Like that isn't what is being asked for and that in some circumstances, well, might not even be the right answer, but it needs to have, as Becky said, that energy. It needs to be a show where if it is going to come to the West end, it is celebrating and centering queer voices in exactly the same way. Now, this could this rumor could literally just be a rumor that could be why no one knows about it it could be one of those rumors that they are scoping out if there's demand for the show in which case they might take in the 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 same creatives equally it could be a completely separate show and separate entity and none of those people have been involved in it and that would be a tragedy
1: it would be a true shame especially given the accolades and nominations that this show has been receiving. The production that we saw at Leeds Playhouse was so unique and so special to erase the hard work that's been done by that team would be just a tragedy.
0: Yeah, I think we're both in full agreement on that one.
1: Keep an eye on our socials because if this does get announced, we will be the first ones talking about it. We will have thoughts.
0: Good or bad. Yes. Good or bad. I think that's everything.
1: That's a lot. We've talked for a long time today. We have. Me saying this is going to be a half an hour yeah, episode.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this has turned into a longer one than we expected, but we kind of wanted to give a little bit of a reintroduction, a reprise to the overstudies, as well as look back and forward at what's And It's going to be really interesting at the end of 2023 to listen back to this one and find out which of these rumours have come true, which things have taken us by surprise and which shows have continued to be announced again. It would not surprise me if we're sat here going and Greece has been announced for a 2024 limited run.
1: Limited? It's hardly a limited run if it runs from like June to October, is it? Well... That's, that's a season.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> but say, is this a limited run of Overstudy's podcast?
1: It's like Heather's limited run.
0: <laughs> we're not going there. We are not going there. If you have thoughts on anything we've discussed today, if you have shows that you'd love to see do get in touch with us we'd love to find out more about those and have a little chat and a discussion um you can get in touch on social media we are at overstudies on twitter
1: at overstudies blog on instagram
0: we have a website www.overstudies.co.uk
1: and you can send us a little contact form or you can drop us an email stage out
0: you can indeed. Your feedback genuinely does mean the world to us. It is, we do this for the love of it. We do this. We don't expect anybody to listen. We don't want, uh, I was going to say, we don't want anybody to listen. We do, <laughs> we do want you to listen. We absolutely want you to listen, but we will do this regardless. So actually give us your feedback and then it might be slightly less insufferable.
1: I'm having a good time
0: yeah we are having a good time that's the <laughs> point is we'll do it we will do it regardless as well on your podcast platforms wherever you do get your podcast please do leave a cheeky little rating um, and some of them let you leave like a little review as well if you do have a couple of moments to do that that does mean the world because it does mean the podcast gets seen by more people who can get on the overstudies train and see what the hype is all about
1: like share and subscribe
0: we are going to be pushing this much more this season you have been warned now Join us again next week as we take a deep dive into one of our favourite shows of 2022, Come From Away.
1: Yes. Make sure you have the tissues ready next week because I feel like we're going to cry just talking about how much that show makes us cry.
0: We are indeed. I still can't believe that it has left the West End and I quite frankly was very tempted to go and stand outside the Phoenix Theatre blockading the stage door so that they couldn't vacate.
1: Yeah, that would have been an interesting news story.
0: That is all we have time for this week. That is the end of the show. We will see you next week on The Rock. But for now, from me, Charlie.
1: And from me, Becky.
0: We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.